everyone, and welcome to Esker Live. I am Hannah, and I will be helping moderate today's live stream. We are streaming from a very snowy Madison, Wisconsin right now. And as always, we're looking for some interaction from the audience. So feel free to tell us where you're watching from and maybe what the weather's like, because it's pretty snowy out here. Um, just drop it in the comments um, wherever you're watching from. Today, I am joined with Nick Carpenter and Graham Smith. They are business development managers here at Esker. And in today's discussion, they will talk about how you can avoid the negative effects of toggle tax with an automation solution. So again, as a reminder, if you have any questions throughout the live stream, please drop them in the comment section and we will address any questions we get at the end during the Q&A portion. So without further ado, Nick, Graham, take it away. Thanks, Anna. Snowy Madison, Wisconsin, indeed. So if you are seeing some sun, put it in the chat because uh, we could use some sun well wishes our way. <laughs> Graham, we're talking Definitely. toggle tax today. Um, you know, toggle tax, essentially the term is meaning that, you know, up to, you know, five average Fortune 500 employees toggle between 1,200 different times a day between different systems in order to complete their work. And it totals up to 9% of their working hours that they're spending toggling between different systems in order to complete tasks. Graham, what are you, what are you hearing when you think uh, toggle tax? You know, uh, first of all, you know, when, when I read through that article and then also uh, when we were asked to uh, be on this live stream, you know, it kind of got me thinking of how many different applications do I toggle through on a daily basis? You know, uh, and just in order to be able to do my job, I counted there's seven different applications. You know, whether that are those are sales specific systems, Outlook, our CRM, uh, other you know um, systems online that I'm going through. And sometimes it gets frustrating because there's some overlap. You know, and I know that at least for me, I would like to find all of that information in one location. And I think where I'm hearing companies struggle is, you know, this piece of information is in this system, maybe that's the CRM, this piece of information gets lost in our, you know, outlook, this piece of information is held in the ERP. And how can we, you know, coordinate together so it doesn't take that additional time to do one small function? Right. So just to, to break it down for, for the audience, we're talking about the wasted time so for example, in our world, we get a, a maybe a billing question or um, some sort of quote request. We're going into CRM, we're, we're going into Outlook, and it's the wasted time between us opening up those systems and switching between different tasks. Because the next thing you layer in is you get a call from someone else, and then you go to their, you know, to the other systems to process their uh, inbound request. And I think, you know, we hear it, you know, Graham from customer service leaders saying, well, my customer service team is an air traffic controller. Right. And, you know, of course, we're hearing that. We're like, what? What do you mean? And they literally mean because of the number of monitors that they have to have. A lot of customer service teams today having three monitors. Right. So they've got their ERP over here, their CRM over here, Microsoft Teams and Outlook over here. And when when a customer calls in, they're literally going from CRM to ERP to, to Teams in order to actually handle that inquiry. Right. And And there's so much wasted time in between actually processing, being able to do the work, um, right. just to be able to actually do the work. Yeah. Right. You know, and that reminds me of a conversation I was having with uh, a company in the building materials industry. And we were talking about their claims process, or as they call it, their discrepancies process. And um, the amount of information they need to process a claim 
uh, is substantial. But then also there are so many different systems that they need to go into to get some of that information. For example, they might need to look at the notes in the CRM, they need to refer to a quote, grab that initial purchase order out of their Outlook calendar, go into the ERP and get the bill of lading to validate what was maybe um, given to the customer and then go in the back and you know go back through their Outlook and- Third you know, party logistics, that. the FedEx e site. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, you know, so by the end of it, you know, there's seven different systems that we need to go into. Uh, and additionally, you know, then it became a paper process after that. Um, and, you know, things get lost on people's desks and, you know, it can just be an, an absolute hassle uh, and being able to aggregate and digitally staple, you know, some of that information or some of those tasks together just creates a, a higher level of productivity. Absolutely. Just to put it, you know, the there was the report that we that we saw, um, I think from Work Workgeist, right? And they said it takes on average about 9.5 minutes between doing the process that you just described before somebody can get into a productive productive workflow to handle the next task, right? And I think we hear about this all the time because we'll ask folks, well, how long does it take to process an order today or process a claim today? And they're like, well, you know, you know, three maybe 10 minutes, you know, but all of a sudden you factor in the 10 minutes of switching right? Uh, the wasted in between those tasks, all of a sudden now you've got somebody spending 50% of their day on maybe one task that, you know, on a few tasks that might only take three minutes to do individually, that together it makes up a big chunk of their day, right? Right, right. No, I agree with that completely. And, you know, that gets frustrating, right? You know, I kind of shared earlier that, you know, I was looking at the different systems that I use, you know, we're a Microsoft Teams company, I'm in my Outlook, I'm in my CRM, I'm, you know, maybe on LinkedIn, I'm in, you know, our document management system looking for this, that and the other thing. Um, and it gets frustrating, right? Um, and, you know, a lot of times you just kind of need that breathing room after you've done, you know, this task to go get this information from this place, put this all together. And maybe that's just getting up, stretch my legs. Now three to five minutes are gone in between there. Right. And especially if you have a more transactional uh, type role in an organization, right. it's, you know, it, it's hard to just have, you know, nose to the keyboard, uh, plugging away all day, especially when that process is, isn't necessarily as efficient as maybe it could be. Absolutely. Right. I mean, I think, you know, the story that comes to mind for me that, that played this out was, you know, and one thing we haven't even touched on yet is the impact to customers, right? So or customers or suppliers, right? Your partners of your organization, how does this inefficiency impact them? It, it certainly does. And, and one, one example, it was from a, a med device company and, and they said, you know, uh, basically customer will reach out to us with a, say a billing question. And that one inquiry regarding a billing mistake, required access to three different systems, two different hemispheres, two contract employees in an offshore shared service center, and it took five days to actually resolve, right? So think about the customer experience impact where you may have gotten charged for something that, you know, maybe you had a discounted price for, it takes five days to actually get that resolved, right? So the, 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 the customer experience around this is, is something that is definitely worth noting as well. Right. You know, and, and, you know, that kind of got me thinking of, you know, what I'm hearing a lot of uh, individuals say is, you know, they kind of want that single pane of glass, mm. right? I want a centralized location that I can do multiple tasks or abide by multiple business process and create some standard operating procedures within those. What that could look like, or at least where my focus typically is, is, you know, a single source system to enter quotes, enter orders, 
manage any kind of customer inquiries, manage claims, and also get visibility to say, you know, um, credit limits, credit thresholds, right. open invoices, things like that. And now, you know, I don't need to be reaching out to these different people that then have to go into different systems themselves to plug and play with some of that information. You know, they might have to go into the ERP, look at past notes, go into the CRM, look at, you know, a third party system that helps them uh, on that side of the business. And it's, you know, kind of every step of the way, you know, we kind of have this toggle tax um, between these departments and providing that single pane of glass gets that information more quickly and easily, creates those efficiencies on both sides of that conversation, and then leaves that full audit trail as well so that you have the ability to look at some of those past interactions as well. You're talking 360 degree view of the customer. Exactly. Right? You know? Yeah. We We've been asked about it a lot, right? Is because when a customer calls in, you need to you need to be able to have all the data at your fingertips in order to make a, an agile decision for the business, right? And you can't do that if you have to reach out to the offshore shared service team to get an answer, and they're past their working hours, right? right. Um, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And you know, I think I'm seeing uh, in in specific industries, you know, a lot of pushes to better understand, you know, what is the life cycle of an order. What does that look like? How do we, you know, uh, create better practices around that, you know, order as a whole in turn, creating right. a better customer experience. And, you know, if you don't have the necessary data to measure that, which I think is, is what I hear the most time uh, with disparate systems is, you know, I think claims or, or general inquiry management is the, is the best case for this where, you know, it's difficult to go through 13 different people's inboxes and run analysis for yeah. say keyword searches to understand what are they actually doing, you know? Um, and then, you know, for other areas of the business, there might be four different systems that I need to go into for that reporting. I might be able to push out, you know, a CSV file. Now I'm importing that and applying macros to it to get that data I need. Well, I can't schedule that, right? I have to do that exact same process every month. And I recall um, this would have been <clears throat> probably a year or two ago now. Uh, there's a gentleman that I was talking to. Part of his job was creating these reports. Well, he had to go into four different systems. And in turn, he spent somewhere between eight and 12 hours a month just creating the reports that they needed to get visibility to their cash flow. Yeah. Eight to twelve hours a month. What what could that guy have been doing as a manager? Right, his employees, his skill set is developing employees. Uh, it's it's identifying inefficiencies, and yet he's spending twenty five percent of his his work week doing the busy work to actually yeah. try and help do that stuff. It 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 reminds me of a, a group right now that same thing. Right, they uh, customer service organization uh, for a, a large manufacturer of of chemical equipment. Right, and um, they they are doing a static report of SLA compliance once one one time a week at the end of the week basically just retroactive how did we do right, right. and for them that's some visibility uh, but it's not um, immediate and there's no ability to make a decision or a change midway through the week in order to 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 better comply with those SLAs so for example if they see that you know, one of the things they were asking for is, you know, we want to know how many orders we have floating out there, how many open orders we have in order so that we can staff appropriately. So if somebody's queue gets big, then I want to take somebody else that's not as busy and feed them over here so that it's it's not reactive at the end of the week to say, how do we do? It can be a little bit more proactive to say, uh, we're not doing so great right now. Here's what we can do to get better 
right now right. in this moment, right? And a lot of companies don't have the sophistication to understand where time is being spent, what they're doing, what are some of those um, more uh, time-bearing tasks, right? Um, because that also uh, reminds me of a conversation that I was having with a different company, um, again, about kind of that, that inquiry and that claim process, um, because they don't have the visibility to understand when is that information coming in, right? And how long does it take from receiving an email to actually that initial trigger of right. whatever event or task takes place internally? And then when do I get back to them? You know, that could be two hours. That could be two days. I can't measure that. And if I can't measure that, I can't coach it. I can't act upon it. And, you know, um, being able to create that visibility also gives you the opportunity to then again, revise um, what those processes look like, create better SLAs, uh, or ensure that your team is doing what they need to do when they need to do it to make sure that you're improving that customer experience. In turn, you know, keep a more retention because I think, you know, over the last couple of years, we've all seen that customers aren't necessarily as loyal as they used to be. They're looking for the best customer experience or they're looking for, you know, the best supplier to give you your product when, when I ask for it, you know? Yeah. I think, I think I saw a report from, might've been Forrester, don't quote me on it, but something around 80% of buyers more care more about the experience that they're getting, i.e. can I get pricing and availability in real time? Um, can I get on time in full orders from this supplier yeah. more so than the actual price that they're, that they're actually paying, right? Reliability being yeah. more important. And let's, let's go back to this toggle tax idea because you mentioned something really interesting around the employee impact, right? And I think we hear that from folks saying, well, we've got this, this uh, really solid new group of employees, this younger generation, they're really motivated, but they're not willing to do the same busy work that the older folks were just used to doing, right? So it's arming those people so that they're not bogged down in the toggle tax ultimately to make them more efficient in their role. And the interesting thing is that HBR says when employees are more engaged, when employees are satisfied, there's a top line revenue impact for those people that are on the front lines in front of your customers. They're better, you know, they're better trained. They're more, they have the bandwidth to do problem solving, uh, actually resolve issues for customers, you know, bandwidth to proactively cross sell, upsell, right? So there's a, a direct correlation between employee engagement, satisfaction, top line revenue um, per HBR. Don't take my word right. for it. <laughs> right. Well, and, and that's something that I'm hearing. You know, I think a lot of, um, you know, with, with this whole great resignation, a lot of companies were really struggling to acquire talent and to retain talent. And at least with a lot of the companies that I've been speaking with, what that's led to is let's rethink this organization. How do we guarantee that our customer or that our employees are satisfied, that they have a great experience, they feel valued, and they mm -hmm. have opportunities for growth here, leading to um, you know uh, dedicated responsibilities, better understanding. You know what are these specific individuals good at? Where can we have them focus? What's the next phase of their development? What are their you know career goals here? Um, and with inefficient processes, you have to continue to add headcount, add headcount, add headcount to be able to do all of these things. Now, when you can kind of eliminate that toggle, that toggle tax, consolidate the amount of systems, create that better efficiency and more productivity, now I have the time for those coaching capabilities. Right. Now I have the time to kind of divvy out responsibilities across the group 
find out where you know people are really good and then create those upskilling opportunities to get them to achieve their goals not only improving the job satisfaction with what they're doing today but helping them to see that future within your organization huge benefits for employees but i want to go a, a slightly even different angle as well and and talk a little bit about how you know bringing in uh, a platform type solution right a best in class automation solution that can glue together multiple different systems erp crm 3pl we talked about it right how does that impact it leaders could you see there being an impact for it folks what do you think you know i uh every cio i talk to says in a perfect world i want one vendor to solve all my it issues in a perfect world that's the erp you know the erp has every capability of every third party out there but let's face it that's not the case you know erps have been very acquisitory you know sap is a great example where you know there are a lot of different modules that you can buy from them but you know to simplify that landscape uh that digital landscape that companies have is a big deal um i remember talking to a large oil and gas company this was a couple years ago but just in their procure to pay cycle they had 360 different applications that took, touched something like 87 different ERPs. Crazy. Creating a shared service center was not possible. Um, you know, so their goal, and again, this was a few years ago, was to simplify that landscape and consolidate. Now, if you have the ability to consolidate not only some of these various tasks into, you know, that single pane of glass, that single dashboard, yep. you can also scale that against processes to have some standard operating procedures and then have on that back end some of those key administrators really only administering for one platform right. as opposed to having you know 17 different applications in their catalog that they need uh, a login to um, they need to know who the different contacts are in the organization yep. there are probably some that they enjoyed the projects more than others so they want to work with one trusted vendor if they can which I think a little different, maybe how things were perceived a few years ago, um, where it was very specific vendors for very specific items where I think now they're like, you know what, let's Point try solutions. to consolidate a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a toggle tax for IT for IT for sure, right? And and if you've got, you know, we hear, we wanna have one for, even for, let's say IT leader wants to bring in Esker, we want one integration architecture for all the different processes you're doing for us because we want to know that there's one way that you're connected to our ERP system. There's one GUI that our IT administrators are going to be living in um, or, or right. end users, right? Um, so I think that's an interesting point is because this, this toggle text doesn't necessarily just apply to the, the, the business-focused employees, but also technical on the back end, right, as well. Yeah. Well, and, you know, look at cybersecurity. That's a big deal. Now, if I only have one platform or framework that might be touching the ERP, that's a big deal. You know, that seriously limits my exposure to any risk for um, cyber attacks, things like that. Right. So I think we, we painted the picture on, on why toggle tax is an issue. Um, you know, uh, what are the actual impacts, you know, around employee productivity? And then especially how best in class automation solutions can help improve and, and combat this trend. Graham, any, any parting thoughts from, from your side? You know, the only thing that I wanted to add is, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, if, if you don't have the data, if you can't measure it, you can't change it, right? Mm -hmm. um, being able to aggregate, again, some of those systems, 
being able to eliminate that toggle tax with having multiple locations for any kind of user to go into. Um, it also does allow for that better visibility for things like root cause analysis, right? You know, a lot of times we don't understand, you know, what's going on within the business or it's hard to measure. Well, now I have an aggregated system that has all of this data, all of these metrics. I can feed that back to the other departments and then holistically I can get better improvements and select conversion cycles as well. Yeah. It, it, it makes me think of Graham, like the back in the day, our, our slogan 15 years ago used to be quit paper, help companies go digital, you know, and, yeah. and today it's, you know, outlook is the new paper. It's the new black hole of visibility. Right. Right. And, and, and the other, the other issue is that there's almost too many different systems. Right. I mean, when we think about how companies even get orders, it's, I got a customer portal over here. I got my, my mom and pops that want to fax something in. I got the other distributor that just spits out a purchase order from his system. Right. So um, right. I think, I think, you know, the, the paper is gone from organizations, but the waste has now just turned into digital systems, right? A digital ecosystem. It's still just as complex that, that folks are trying to manage. I agree. I agree with that completely. Let's throw it to Hannah. Hannah, any, any questions from the chat? Um, yeah, we actually do got a couple, but that entire time I was just thinking about all the applications that I use myself <laughs> and just like, I get so distracted sometimes because like I right. have a bunch of tabs open. It's, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, we do have some Q and, um, questions. So if anyone else has any other questions, now's the time to drop them in the chat. Um, and we will get started. So first question, our team is currently exploring upgrading our ERP. Should automation come before or after this? Uh, I'll first say kudos to you, right? Process simplification, uh, IT systems, uh, maybe consolidation. Uh, so that's a really exciting time for you. Um, I think ultimately it's your it's your decision. But what we hear from folks is um, with with bringing in you know third party uh, software as a service solutions that are best in class, they're ERP agnostic, right? So if we want to get some quick wins now, right? standardize the process. Um, we want the tool to be able to easily connect on the back end to our new ERP system when we when we do move over to that system. But um, I would say if the if the gains are significant enough, the business case is significant enough, why wait? Partner with somebody that that can go with you in that journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next question. What is some reporting or metrics we should run before and also after implementing an automation solution just to make sure that we are on track? Hmm. You know, I can I can take this one. And I, and I think it really depends. It depends on what you're struggling with. You know, uh, if a company is looking to, you know, achieve a lower cost to serve. Well, first, you need to understand what that cost to serve is today. Right. If we're trying to uh, reduce errors. Okay, well, we need to understand what that current error rate is. Again, try to do some root cause analysis to understand what's leading to that. Is order entry the root cause of a lot of errors uh, that are generating RMAs? So I think it really depends on the specific um, process that you're looking at, as well as that success criteria, because everybody's mm -hmm. different. Some people just want simple efficiency gains. Some people have very complex challenges that they're facing. And being able to mesh those two together in some way, shape, or form, I think would be the best practice. But it, you know, it's really different through every company. Yeah, could be you know time to process an order today. Um, it could be you know we've heard even things like 
Uh, if you can just tell us what's hitting our central email box and customer service, that's a win. We don't know what it is today. And no. if you can just give us that report, that, that, that would be a win so that we can uh, be proactive. So it depends. Awesome. Um, and then last question, it looks like our IT team is swamped right now. How do I convince them slash senior leadership that this is the right time for a major automation project? Tough one, I know. Yeah. Good, I can, good question. I, yeah, maybe. I got some thoughts, Graham. I don't know. You got some, go ahead, Nick. I, I think, first of all, IT being swamped, you're not alone. Everyone's IT is swamped, right? So um, I would say, first of all, look for something, you know, look for a partner that is not only the best, you know, functional fit for your business, but also ask, you know, what is the IT level of effort? So determine that before, before pitching it, because um, there are solutions in the market that might be specialized with certain uh, ERP systems like an SAP, um, where all they have to do is just install some, some pre-built transports, for example. Um, so that's one piece. I think the second piece is just around uh, business case, being able to articulate the why, right? Spend a lot of time there, uh, really hammer out the story, tie it to an organizational objective, um, and then get really granular with what you can save, what, you know, what, what success looks like. My thought, Graham, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think you nailed that. You know, I think it starts with what are the corporate initiatives today, mm -hmm. right? What is your CFO? What is your CIO? And what does your CEO care about right now? What are they working on? How can you tie that to those goals? That's the key. Um, and, you know, no project is getting approved without some sort of uh, business case put together. Totally. So if those challenges are large enough to fit those priorities, then that can be justified. Sometimes that takes some conversations of understanding, okay, you know, what does this solution look like? What is this solution potentially going to solve? What are some of these efficiency gains that we're going to see? And, you know, presenting that at that point. But, you know, again, if, if it isn't in line with some of those priorities or if some of those priorities differ, you know, uh, understanding those priorities, I think is the key. Think organizational, not just departmental. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that's it for questions. I just want to say thanks again, Nick Graham, um, for the live stream today. You had some really great content to share and some thoughts to share. And for those of you that joined us, thank you as well. Um, next month, we do have a virtual event coming up. It's how to build a disruption busting enterprise with AR automation. Um, the link is in the comments right, right now. So please go register. It's going to be a great event. We have a lot of really good speakers um, coming out. So just register the links there. Um, we'll also have another live stream next month. So keep an eye out for that. Nick, Graham, thank you so much again. And thank you again to everyone who joined us today. And that's it. Have a wonderful day for those of you in Wisconsin. Stay warm because it's it's chilly out there. See ya.